the summary of the third Sicha of Parsha Vayichi in volume 15 of Lakutus Sichas. The Rebbe brings down the verse of Jacob's blessings to his children, where he says to Reuben that you are my firstborn, and the blessing of Yeser Se'es, the Yeser Uz, that more in, in lifting and more in strength really is for you the firstborn, but Al Taisar, you will not get this blessing. You're not going to get this increased uh, blessing. You're just not going to get it. And then Yaakov, can, can, he, he said, when he says, Al Taisar, you won't get it, he says, Pachas Kamayim, because you were swift. In like water, and therefore you're not going to get this increased blessing. Rashi explains that when it says that with greater lifting, what does that mean? That refers to the blessing that you were more fitting, technically you're more fitting to have this blessing of lifting, which is related to the idea of a Kohen, of Kahuna, which is related to the words of Se'es. Yes, Se'es is like from the word Nisius Kapayim, of lifting up of the hands that the Kohen does. So you were fitting to get that. The Yeser Uz, and you were fitting to get more in strength. Strength is related to the idea of sovereignty, of kingdom, of Malchus. What caused you to lose these two blessings? So he says, what caused it, that's what Yaakov is saying, that you were haste like water. That means you acted in haste and confusion in doing, acting swiftly to show your anger where you, etc. Meaning where you, where you went and you violated my bed and you took it away from where it was by Rachel's concubine by Bila and you took it to bring it to your mother, to Leah. So because you acted in, a, in, in such a hasteness to show your anger, you're not going to get this blessing of the kuhuna, and you won't get the other blessing either. And then on the words, Al-Taisar, that you won't get it, he says, that you won't get this more, this extra. He says, you won't get this extra that really was fitting for you. Now, the Targum Rebbe brings down, and in many Targums and Unklos, the Targums and Benazil, Yerushalmi, and in the Medrash Tanchuma, Medrash Bereshus Rabbah, all over there they say that you were fitting to get three qualities. You were fitting to get the quality of firstborn rights, Bechur, and for the Kohen rights, and for the kingdom. And you losing all three here. It says we have to understand why does Rashi only say that he loses on these two these two qualities of kuhuna and of malchus of kingdomship. He should have also included the first of the three that they all bring down that he lost out on the fitting quality that he should get as the firstborn rights. And we can say that Rashi only said these two because Rashi holds that he didn't lose his Bechor rights because there's a clear verse in Chronicles in Divrayam that says that the children of Reuven, because they violated, he, he defiled the beds of his father, the rights of Bechor, the firstborn right was given to the children of Yosef that they get two portions on the land. So you can't say Rashi says he doesn't lose his Bukhar. There's a clear verse that says he does. And even more, Rashi himself said this already twice earlier that, that there's a portion of rights that was given to Yosef's children in Parsha by Yishlach and in Parsha, and this Parsha alone a couple of verses earlier where he said about Shechem Echod, he said that's a portion of land that Yosef, that Yosef is going to get. That's the double portion that Yosef gets and not Reuben's children. So we could maybe try to say that when the verse says, I'm not going to give you this increased amount, 
it's since the verse only mentions two blessings, where it says, yes, sir, ace, and yes, sir, us, which refers to the coin and the strength of Malchus, and that's why Rashi only mentions those two. Why? Why can't, what's the problem to say that? Because the verse itself calls him a Bechor. It says, Ruven Bechoriata. That means he is the Bechor, and it's only because you're the Bechor that you would have technically got this other, these other stuff. So even if you want to say that, it doesn't make sense why Rashi would exclude the concept itself that he doesn't include this idea of the Bukhar. And if you want to say it's only because of the two that it says Al-Taysar goes only on those two, but at the end of the day, why would Bukhar be different than the, than the Kohen rites and the kingdom rites? So the Rebbe goes in to explain that the, it's very different. It, it is a whole analyze uh, to analyze this idea of the verse where it says by Judah. It says there that you're a uh, that you're a lo- young lion, you're a young lion who came out from devouring my son, and you came out of that. Now, on that verse itself, where it says you came out of that, we could Rashi explains that on two Rashi's on the word from devouring, Rashi says because I had accused you that you devoured Yosef, and now I see you're not the one. And since you're you're compared to devouring, because you're compared to a lion, on the words my son has come out of it, Rashi says you have come out of that accusation because you are the one that said what benefit will we have to sell Yosef? Why don't we? What benefit do we have to see him die? Let's better sell him and also you came out from the idea of the story of Tamar where you admitted you said Satka Mimeni so the Rebbe says we have to understand why does Rashi get what's he pressed to say that the words Bani Elisa that my son you came out of it you have elevated you have ascended from this why does he come what's pressing Rashi to say that it means both stories the story of Yosef that you came out not devouring him and the story of Tamar where, where does Rashi get this, that they're all connected to the idea? The verse says the word tariff, which means devouring. That's really, that verse, the word is only really said in connection with the story of Yosef, but not in the story of Tamar. So why does Rashi have to come up with this idea that it's also related to Tamar? So Rebbe says, when you see these three words, from devouring, mitaref, b'ni alisa, my son who has come out of it, you could really read it in two different ways. One way of reading it is, from devouring my son, that means the word son is going on Yosef, Alisa, you came out of it. Or you could read it, Mitaref, from devouring, Bani Alisa, my son, you, Yehuda, has come out of it. So where does the Bani go? So the second way of understanding it, the Bani Alisa, that mean, goes on Yehuda, that he, you, my son, you came out of it, you have ascended from this accusations and, and, and sins and so on. There, Rashi says, on those words, you came out, there's also the story of Tamar. But what's still pressing is that it's true that devouring you could also now stretch it to the word they're also referring to the story that Tamar would have almost was killed but what's pressing what's the proof that it also includes the both explanations to this so for this the Rebbe says you have to understand the general thing if you put on a scale all the different qualities of Yehuda and Reuven you'll actually see that Yehuda it doesn't really make sense even that he gets the Kohen rights the, the, the kingdom rights over Reuven because when you think about the comparisons, Ruvain also said, don't kill him, he's the one that said first, when they wanted to kill him, he said, don't kill him, let's put him into the pit. Later, when he was in the pit, Yehuda came and said, don't kill him, what, what's our benefit, my better, what's the benefit from here? So they both said it, so why does Ruvain lose, lose this right? He also said, don't kill him. 
And another thing is, in, in the story of where he defiled his father's bed, Rashi says that he was, that, that during the sale, the brothers were selling Yosef. Where was Ruvain? He was busy with sackcloth and fasting. That means also, look at that. Ruvain's amazing. He was doing Teshuvah for so long for defiling his father's bed. And you could even break this down even more to show. Ruvain had intentions to put him in the pit. Then he'll come back from his sackcloth and praying and in his fasting. He'll come back and get Yosef and get him out and take him to his father. By Yehuda, we find he doesn't look to save his life, save him and bring him back home. By Yehuda, we find that he says, let's sell him. He doesn't look at any attention about, about, uh, bringing him back to his father's home. So Ruvain seems to be even stronger. And you could even talk about in the admitting stage. When you say in the stage about Yehuda, admit Sadkamimani to Tamar, that's only relation to the killing of Tamar. But think about it. Of course he has to, he has to kind of in a way admit there. Because if not, Tamar would have been killed, and she was pregnant, so the fetuses would have also been killed. But by Reuven, that's the end of his tshuva, by the way. He finishes, he does his tshuva, tzad many, and he's done. You don't find anywhere else that he does more tshuva. On the other hand, by Reuven, we find that he's still sitting in his class. And actually, it's nine years since the story when he moved his father's bed around that he's still in sackcloth and fasting. So we see Reuven, in a way, is much greater. His tshuva is going on for a long time, he's doing tshuva. And in another point, when he mixes, moves his father's bed, why did he do it? He did it for the honor, protecting his mother's shame. And Rashi actually said, for this reason, Reuven's actually not called a sinner. He never, it's not called that he did a sin. At the end of the day, he never actually sinned. He moved his father's bed, but he never did an actual sin with Bilah or anything like that. And like Rashi proves that even during, while he's being cursed, and what he did, the verse calls him still a firstborn. So if so, why do we say great is to Yehuda? Because from devouring you came out of that. But why do you get it more than Reuven? Reuven seems to be much more loyal. So for this, he explains that it's all about in the answer of Yaakov. Yaakov's explanation. Yaakov says, Pachas Kamayim. You were haste in, and Rashi said, you were haste in confusion to let out your anger. That means that what was the problem is, there's two points here. There's the fact itself that you, what you did, the thing itself that you uh, desecrated, you defiled your father's bed. That's one thing. The other thing is the way you did it. You rushed and jumped to do that. And for that, you get a special punishment. When you, when you defiled your father's bed, for that, you lose one part of your Bukhar. You do lose a piece. Only the part regarding the tribes, you don't get the double portion of the land. But other stuff you still get. He's still counted for certain services in the temple. He's still counted as the first when it comes to censuses and stuff like that. And because you were fast to jump to it, that was the second part. When you jumped to an anger for that, you don't get anything extra of kahuna and malchus. Now, meaning to explain this a little more, he explains it, that kahuna is the idea that's connected to other people. What's the thing of a kohen? He's there just to bless other people, care for other people. We don't find that Yuru Uvein actually had the outcome of saving his life. At the end of the day, Yosef was still in a situation of danger, in a danger of hunger, just because he was in a pit. Maybe they didn't kill him with their hands, but he was still in a place of hunger. And a second thing is there were snakes and scorpions in there. So he was not at all out of the place of danger. So Yehuda 
actually saves him from a place of danger. And the idea of being a Kohen is to help others. And we don't see that you helped him at the end of the day. When it comes to the idea of Malchus, you also, kingdom also shows that helping other people. That's what Rashi said, Gur Ari, Gur, Kararavats, Kararavats, that Gur means a young lion that you come and go all the time. That's the way a king has to be. Crouching like a lion means you're lying down calmly, securely. And like in the times of Shlomo Melech, you didn't have to worry about, worry about any enemies coming there. So you see at the end of the day, Ruuvein may have had the best intentions in the world, but at the end of the day, it's Yehuda who actually showed care for other people. In the story with Yosef, he actually makes sure he doesn't get killed, even though he doesn't show anywhere that he had intention to bring him back to his father. Reuven, it does say that he wanted to come back to the pit and take and find him there and bring him back to his father. But at the end of the day, he was busy with his sackcloths and his chuba, which is very nice, but... At the end of the day, if he would have not been busy with the sackcloths and fasting, he could have been there and he could have prevented the whole sale not to happen. And Yehuda, we find that he made sure he shouldn't get killed. So the results is there. When it comes to tshuva, it's true. We don't, we find that Yehuda only said tzadkam imeni and that was it. But what was the outcome of his tzadkam imeni is that Tamar doesn't die. What's the most important thing? He made sure that Tamar shouldn't die. He made sure Yosef shouldn't die. That's the most important. Maybe spiritually his tshuva wasn't as high as Ruvain. But what counts more? The fact results counts more and that's the key of Yehuda. What's the lesson of all this? A Jew cannot be satisfied to stay and be busy all worrying about the, your own perfection. You have to take time and be busy with Avis Yisrael to help another person. This is the whole point of Kolotarakula. And actually, if you lay it down on a table and you look at the whole picture, you see amazing things of the different attitudes of Reuven and Yehuda. Reuven, he was busy with sackcloth and fasting, but look what happened. He he could have prevented the past, the sale if he would have not been there doing his spiritual life. He would have been there on, on, on the scene. He could have prevented the sale not to happen. But look, the sale happened. That, that leads to his family having to have to come down to Egypt. And that leads to the whole exile that we were there, which is the head of all the four exiles that happened after that told today. And through Yehuda's actions, when he admits to his sin, what came out of that? His teshuva is, is, is maybe not as good as Reuven, but look at the outcome. The outcome is... There's a redemption, and you have the son of Peretz is born from from that relationship, and that's the head of the whole kingdom of David, of David Melech, till the days of Mashiach, as it says, Allah Peretz Lifneim. It will come and sprout out, sprout, sprout through all the way to the ultimate redemption with the coming of Mashiach. So that's what counts the most is the action of Avos Yisrael and saving people, much more than worrying only about our own spiritual perfection.